You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Hello, everybody, and today is the actual first day of fall, not when it's coming out, but today of this podcast is the first day of fall, (laughs) so I am thrilled to have my friend and business owner, entrepreneur, girl boss with me, Tony Terry of Le Papillon Salon. (laughs) Hello. Hey. Hi. (laughs) I am so excited that it's fall, even though it's still 90 degrees, so it's making me excited today. I know that this will be a week from now by the time it comes out, but today we are feeling fall. We are feeling very fall. Hopefully more so fall in a week. Maybe. I don't um, know if we'll be that lucky. Yeah, so if anyone has been following my photography work for the past couple of years, you've probably seen Tony's beautiful face because she is, like, my muse, but she also <laughs> does my hair. And we have a great little, like, trading relationship yes. going on here, but she also is just, like, a badass business owner and I've been dying to have her come on my podcast for a while just to talk about what she does and how she runs her yeah. business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so give me the lowdown on, like, what you're doing. Okay, so um, right now I'm in, like, a small little, I guess I would call it, like, a studio salon. Like, bigger than, like, a private studio, um, but smaller than your, like, average salon that you would think of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just me and one other girl who uh, rents a booth with me or from me. Um, and, yeah, so I'm by appointment only. I just kind of curate, I guess, my uh, my client list. And I do all kinds of things, um, like men's cuts, um, women, uh, weddings, formal events, hair, just in general, all of the things. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, I have had a bajillion hairstylists throughout Mm -hmm. my life. I didn't really start caring about my hair until about like three, four years ago when I started getting a lot of gray hairs and then I was like, oh, I need to start dyeing it, which I had never done. Yes. Um, and so I've had a bajillion hairstylists. They've all been good in my eyes, but I didn't really know what I was looking for in a hairstylist. Yeah. And so when I was introduced to you by our mutual friend, Miranda, it just kind of clicked that you wanted photos, I wanted hair. Yes. <laughs> and I never thought about a hair salon in a way that felt relevant to like what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. And until working with you and just like talking to you while you're doing my hair or mm-hmm. when we're doing photography, I really started to realize that hairstylists are freelancers essentially. Yeah. And their businesses are very similar mm-hmm. in terms of like client experience and such to a photography business or any other sort of, you know, creative entrepreneur business. And so I feel like we always end up talking about business. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah, that we're together. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm really excited to finally have you on here because we've done some Facebook lives. We've done some, mm-hmm. I don't even know. We just talked about stuff in the chair before. Yes. And I don't know. I would love for you to kind of shed some light on how the hair industry and owning a salon is similar. I think it's definitely similar. And I feel like even just like normal clients, don't necessarily realize like what we do is creative and that right and and that I mean not every stylist is gonna work for themselves or that kind of thing but essentially we're all creatives and in in our own way um and that translates into like different ways that you go about your job or whatever I mean we've talked a lot about it but um our businesses have a lot of the same kind of struggles like creatively like staying motivated staying um Productive. Productive. Staying, like, inspired. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you stay inspired when you're seeing a lot of regulars? Um, 
you know, or like doing the same things over and over again, or maybe even like doing things that you don't really love to do necessarily. Um, but that people assume comes with the territory of what you do so yes. that you feel like you have to just do it because it's your bread and butter. <laughs> right. Which, you know, like that is true on one hand, but then on the other hand, like you really need to tailor and try to figure out like who your ideal client is, you know, and once you figure that out, you can kind of weed out the clients that you don't, you know, that don't necessarily fall into that. And I hate, I, I feel like it's like hard to say like that idea of like not every person is your ideal client you know like some people might hear that and be like oh well those people are giving you money so you should accept anything that walks through your door and that is a way to make money and that is a way to make a business however when you're talking about like you know a business that one is you're like the sole proprietor so like they're as much coming for a service as they are coming to you mm-hmm. and like what you create and this like atmosphere and like experience experience that you're creating so they aren't just coming for the service but they're also coming for that you know whatever and sometimes that gets lost on some clients and mm-hmm. you know what's that saying that like you could be the juiciest ripest peach but like n- there are still going to be people that don't, don't like, like peaches, peaches. Right. exactly so although the idea of like you know, anything that walks through your door or, you know, that, that reaches out to you, um, you know, for a, for a, a photography session or, you know, whatever, like you should accept. I don't really think that that is like, it's not a way to be sustainable and known for exactly, what you do. Exactly. And I think it's somewhere to start. It is. And uh, of course, like you won't know what you're going to, or what you until like you until do you do everybody. Exactly. And you don't, you know, you won't know what, what your ideal client is and like who that is. And what kind of person they are until you get all kinds of different people in your chair yeah. or, you know, behind your camera or whatever. And so I feel like, um, you know, in relation to, like, you saying you you had gone to a bunch of different hairstylists before and you hadn't necessarily, like, you know, cared that much about your hair. There's a lot of people like that um, with all different kinds of, you right. know, industries, I guess. You know, you're... You're, the people that you're servicing or your clients or your patrons or whatever, they don't always have the same experience that you have, obviously, with what you do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to, like, remember that. Like, sometimes I have clients who this is the first time that they've gone to someone else besides the one person that they've gone to their whole life that maybe did their mom's hair and their dad's hair and, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. so this is the first time that they're venturing out. Then I have some people that are like you that have just gone a bunch of different places um, and haven't really found the right fit for them or haven't really understood that, like, you can have a fit for you. Exactly. And it's important for me to, like, recognize that so that I can, you know, try to... See- Ringo, can you just chill out with the Halloween decorations? <laughs> Try to um, figure out, like, you know, if we're compatible or if we're not. Or, yeah. You know, and, like, what that means for me as a, you know, owner and stylist and, you know, servicer, someone who is providing a service for someone. It's complicated. And sometimes that's a struggle for me to, like, you know. Well, to see both sides of it. Right. I always think about... When I'm getting fed up with people who send me dumb emails or ask me, like, why are you so expensive? Or, like, (laughs) just clients who just may not be the best fit for me. don't understand. That I'm already in too deep with. That, like, it's just, I'm not going to be like, okay, no. (laughs) Like, I'm just, you've paid me. We're going to work and it's going to be fine. Yes. And half the time they don't even know that I feel this way. Right. You know, I'm smiling. I'm giving a product. Right. But I try to think about how I am with other industries. Mm -hmm. 
And I see both sides of it because it's like, like for me with hair, for instance, for so long I was kind of like, well, why is it more than 20 bucks? Like, right. why do I need to tip you? Like, right. why aren't you doing what I, what I asked you to? And then I'm like, well, this is how clients feel with me. Mm-hmm. And it's just so humbling. It's almost <laughs> to like really having put yourself empathy, in the other right? person's mm-hmm. shoes, but in other industries. And so it's all about, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast with my friend Teresa and how same thing with like food like my friends can go out and spend hundreds of dollars on food and drinks and have their best time and I would never like if it's like more than 10 bucks like I'm not coming right but that's because like we both value different things but I will spend a hundred dollars on a concert ticket and they might think that's the dumbest thing exactly so it's not about if you're good or bad at what you do or if you're no it's about finding the people who care about what you're doing exactly (laughs) yeah it's about aligning your values and so people who want to come to me for photography they want to spend money, but they want quality content. Yes. And they and want pay it for to it. look and a certain way. And that's something that they have value in, and so they'll right. pay more for. Absolutely. Right. But not everyone wants that. Yes. That's fine. Some people want to go to JCPenney, there's get a portrait somebody, done, yes. and it's fine. For everyone's budget, there's someone providing that service for what you need. You right. know, I, I have a lot of people, you know, that will, not as much anymore, because I, I do feel like I've kind of honed in on, you know, my ideal client um, through time, you know, and over time, but... When I was first starting, I, I did have, you know, quite a couple people reach out that would say, like, hey, I'm interested in getting this service, you know, whatever, like, what's what's a estimate? Like, how much will my appointment cost? And the thing for me is, like, I can't give you an exact number. Mm-hmm. And even, I like, I just can't. Like, even if I've been doing your hair for 20 years, like, I can't give you an exact number until... You see it. Uh, yeah, until and you're working after, on it. exactly. And I know how much extra product I need or whatever, but I have straight up said, like, this is my starting price for, you know, this service. And people and potential clients will just say, like, oh, that's way out of my budget. And, you know, one side of me says, okay, well, forget you. Yeah. Like, later. And then the other side of me says, okay, well, what is your budget? And, and let's see what we here's can what we can on. do inside of that budget. Yeah. Sometimes, like, it's worth it to do the latter of that, you know, um, to say, like, okay, well, you can't get this service. Like, if you want this, like, full balayage, like, whole color correction, you can't get that today. Um, but maybe we could work towards that by doing a smaller service or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes it's like you can like sniff crazy. You like you, you can just like feel it from across. You can the, see yes, the red flags. You can see it from you know your your through the text yes. messages. And it's just like yeah, I don't think you know this is gonna work out. Or if you want this specific thing, like here's some other recommendations for other stylists in your you know price range, or that maybe could work with you more, like whatever. And knowing your worth and knowing when it's when you can. When you, can, when you can bend and when you need to not. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's... Um, side note, Ringo is eating a cow ear treat, and I thought it would keep him busy, but it is a little noisy, so, you know, we're just going to roll with it. Yeah. Just going to address that <laughs> crinkling in the background. Um, but no, I like what you said, because my friend Taja, I feel like I'm always talking about her on this podcast, she has this concept of, like, a get-out-of-bed number. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the number mm-hmm. that you will get out of bed for. Yes. Is it 50 bucks? Is it $500? Uh-huh. Like, is it $1,000? Is it whatever? And I like to think about that, too, as, like, a mm-hmm. what client will I get out of bed for? Yes. Maybe they can't afford me, but maybe we're going to mesh really well. Yes. Maybe it's a great project or an opportunity or there's a way I can do trade with them or mm-hmm. whatever. And so, like, you have to know that, like, number or person or opportunity that you'll get out of bed for. Yes. And if it's not that, 
then you don't need to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I agree. And it's not like the little, like, you are going to stay in bed all day. But, you know, it's like no, that yeah. bend or break number. Yes. And there are opportunities, and I always talk about, like, I'll do stuff for free or for very little mm-hmm. if it's, like, really beneficial to me, mm-hmm. right situation, right time, right place, right opportunity. But there's other people that, like, they come a dime a dozen with yes. what they're wanting. And, yes. like, I'm not going to negotiate well, with Well, and you. sometimes, like, the money isn't worth it. You know what I mean? No. Like, no money on this earth would be worth dealing with whatever it is that you're bringing in. Exactly. I don't know. Uh, sometimes I feel like when you're providing a service, like, people don't want to talk about that part or people don't want to, like, uh, like, voice that, you know, part of how they're feeling. And it's like... No, that's totally normal. Like, you get to decide who you work with. Just because you're providing a service doesn't mean you have to accept every single thing that comes your way. And that is how you curate what you're doing, you know, by, yes, by, by not necessarily being picky because you don't have to be like an asshole who's just, you know, only says yes to the very specific things that you want to do. But that just having that mindset like helps you figure out what you want to do and what you're known for and who you're bringing in mm-hmm. and you know in the end is going to help you you know make that money and that coin that you want yeah I really liked um an episode I did with James Patrick the photographer a couple episodes back and his quote that I made for mm-hmm. what something he said during the podcast for Instagram was when I did everything I was known for nothing yes I saw that and loved it it's so simple a concept mm-hmm. it's the same thing as that cliche that's like if you'll if you don't stand for anything you'll fall for everything yes. whatever mm-hmm. but it's so true Ringo can you simmer it down with the cow ear he's really enjoying himself <laughs> um sometimes I can hear more through the microphone than what actually yeah. is heard so hopefully it's not so it's bad not too but bad. I really liked that quote because it's like like I said when you're starting out you got to do everything because yes. you won't know maybe yes. you love doing this like yes. one thing but you won't know unless you say yes also you can't really start formulating contracts and experiences until you have those bad yes. experiences to know what you to do put or in don't yes your it's contract. like you with you know weddings like you really don't that's not something that you, Ringo, Ringo. <laughs> it's not something that you enjoy doing. Like you, right? Know but I didn't that now. know until mm-hmm. I did some of them, and some mm-hmm. of them actually weren't bad. And so it's like it is something in the back of my mind that, like, if I'm eating dirt and I'm so poor and so desperate, I'll do a wedding. Like yeah. if I'm not gonna like you yeah. know completely write it off. But right, but time, I don't want to do it. So yeah. if I don't have to, I'm not going to. I totally agree. I do think though, like. I don't know. There are times in my industry specifically that like being a jack of all trades is a great thing. Oh, of course. To be well-rounded is, like, not something to be... Exactly. ...looked over. But, you know, to not have something that you're really passionate about, that you're really, you know, great at, doesn't set you apart. You know what I mean? And, like, make you different. So, yes, am I a jack-of-all-trades who can do a lot of things? Absolutely. Does that benefit me in my job? 100%. There are times that, like, I'm so thankful that I have experience in a bunch of different, you know, aspects yeah, of my so job. so you can work on things on the fly, things that pop exactly. up, whatever. And, just and being, it makes you more of a serviceman. It you does. Know, like the client really appreciates that. Right. And, you know, it, it, I'm a, it makes me a problem solver. Like, I'm not, if something pops up and arises, like, I'm able to handle the situation and, you know, keep going and not be, you know, stuck or whatever. But at the same time, like, if you don't know you know what it is that you're passionate about like how is anyone else gonna know you know like what sets you apart if nothing sets you apart then they'll just go and get that service from someone else from anyone yeah Yeah. like what what are they coming for and what and really and truly the answer usually is you right because there are 
not to sound like a bubble bluster here, but like there are probably a thousand people just like you. There but are. But they're not going to be just, just like, like me. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people doing what you do. Yeah. Nothing's been done or everything's been done before. Yes. Like nothing's original. Yep. So the best way you can make it original is just putting yourself into yep. it. Yep. Like, Being yourself and providing, you know, yeah, that's exactly Like you're not the it. first person to cut hair. I'm not the no. first person to take pictures. No, but like I'm there's not a reason the we come person. to each other for things. Exactly. So. Yeah. Like I, and I might not be the best at, you know, a certain service that I provide, provide, I might not be, you know, the best at cutting hair, but if I am providing an experience an ambiance, you know, this certain, um, you know, quality to my, um, you know, services or whatever, like people are going to come back for that too. Like I have 100% in my own, um, life, you know, if I go and like get my nails done at a salon, if I feel like I'm a burden or if I feel like, you know, this wasn't a great experience. Um, I won't go back, but I will pay more money or sometimes less money if I go somewhere that I feel really comfortable and it, the experience is worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll continue to go back there whether I'm paying $20 more or not. Like, yeah. to me, the price is, even if, even if sometimes the job is mediocre compared to the other place, like, it's what sets you apart is sometimes who you are, sometimes it's the service you give, sometimes it's the price that you have. But, like, figuring that out and being okay with what you're known for, what you're going to be known for, I think is super important. Like, if you want to be known for $5 haircuts and you give the best, quickest $5 haircuts and you're okay with that, then go on then that's what, yes, yes, right. But if you want to charge $95, $95 for a haircut, like, okay, what are you, how are you setting yourself, you know, apart from other people just charging regular haircuts yeah. prices and, like, you know, whatever. And that translates to, like, any job. You know, if you want to charge... $600 an hour for photos like great go you like more power to you mm-hmm. what are you offering and how how are you making it worth that you know mm-hmm. and how are you you know how are you going to sell that to your clients yeah I love that it's so similar but you never think about it because you don't mm-hmm. and not to like put down styling or anything but like mm-hmm. I said just in my head I'm just like getting no, your haircut is just like going to get like your oil change or just getting like mm-hmm. you know to me it wasn't I didn't think about it that way and I people, know people not. think about photography that way too it's mm-hmm. just like oh you get school pictures like yeah why like, would what you are you talking about photos? right it's kind of like a luxury service in, it a, is. in a way it is especially getting like hair colored maybe getting yes. a haircut you know people just Even do that. but but getting your hair colored getting your nails done getting your portrait taken those are all like quote-unquote luxury services they are so mm-hmm. it's hard it's kind of an emotional they're not thing. a need they're a want right mm-hmm. it's kind of an emotional thing for us to be doing it because i'm like why should i charge as much you really don't need to do this but right. it's like if you have the money and you want to do it no i am going to help you with your problem but it's not really like, like i'm not carrying cancer so it's yeah like, right i know i feel guilty that struggle i i totally relate to that you know it's but then again, like everyone has their own priorities. Like, you yeah. know, some people are so willing to pay, you know, thousands of dollars to get their hair done or to get extensions or to, you know, for photography or art on their wall. Whereas mm-hmm. some people, you know, their art comes from Hobby Lobby and, you know, that's all they can afford, but they're inspired by it nonetheless, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that's why, again, just back to it's really important to be able to identify your target market, your ideal client, you know, and cater to them because they're going to be the ones paying for it. Stop, like, feeling guilty or feeling, like, um, underappreciated by these people who aren't going to appreciate you anyway. Like, right? they're not your target they're not market. Your they're not your people. So don't let them, like, don't let those, you know, that part of your, of the public who's viewing your stuff or whatever um, influence you and feel negative about yourself. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people have that same idea about hairstylists or any any creative, to be honest. Like, any yeah. creative service, they just, you know, it's not a priority to everyone. Or they yeah. don't have or any experience. Or they're like, well, I could do that, or my sister could do it, right. or Which I don't is need true, it, or but whatever. it's necessarily going to be the same, yeah. you know, quality. Well, so take me back to when you were starting your salon and how all that came, came to about. be. Because okay. you're, how old are you? I am 25. 25, yeah. Just turned 25. And you own your own salon, mm-hmm. and It'll be three years old thing. in January, yeah. I mean... I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it. this is cool. Like, you know, I should talk about this more. I should, like, hype myself up because this is, like, a really cool thing that not everyone gets to do. And then other times I feel like, you know, I'm just lucky to be here. And although I have worked really, really hard, like, I've been privileged to get to this place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I have a hard time, like, just being like, yeah, I'm awesome. And this is how I got here. Whatever. But I don't know. Okay, so... I guess, um, like, straight out of high school, I went to college like a lot of people, um, and I just did not thrive there. I love college. I love learning. I could go back in a heartbeat if I didn't have to pay for it Mm -hmm. (laughs) or didn't have to take tests or, you know, like, be responsible in any way. But I did not thrive there. And so I think it was about, I think it was, like, my third year, um, spring semester at LSU, I just was like, I can't do this anymore. And dropped out and went to cosmetology school like I think I dropped out on like the 16th of April and I started cosmetology school on the 21st of April and I was like super excited I that transition like I went from like dreading going to class barely even being able to like motivate myself to get out of bed to like hardly missing a day of school in cosmetology school like that I just knew that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it was so much more fulfilling for me. I, like, you know, wanted to go to school and work my ass off, you know, to get to wherever it was that I wanted to be. And at the time, um, I was just a few months in school. I was, like, really inspired by some local, um, you know, hairstylists and uh, artists, truly. Um, And I just remember, like, idolizing them and, you know, thinking, like, wow, this is something that I want to do. Um, at the time, it was a girl who was um, working in, like, a private suite um, in a building with a bunch of other suites. Um, and I made an appointment with her, honestly, just to, like, rack her brain, just to see, um, you know, what kind of knowledge I could gain from her. And so I ended up um, assisting her, and I did that for a long time. I learned a lot of stuff, um, and I did that while I was in school. Um, so when that kind of ended, um, and that ended right before I was about to graduate, um, during that time, it really, I don't know, like motivated me, I guess, um, because I was seeing her do so much stuff and learning so much from her, um, while I was in school. Um, it really motivated me to like book out and like really sell myself on social media so that I could get people in my chair at school. So at that point, I was, like, booked out months in advance, really. Um, That doesn't really say so much when you're in school because you only have so many limited hours to book people. So if I'm booked months in advance at school, it's because I'm only able to take, like, two clients a day versus, Mm -hmm. you know, like, six or, you know, whatever. Um, So anyway, I was booking out months in advance. I was really working hard. I was no longer taking walk-ins that the school was providing me. All of my clients were 
of my own. Curated. Yes. Um, I was getting them from social media. Like, I was booking them myself and then going in and telling the, um, you know, the, the receptionist, like, this is what I have this week. Put this down. Don't book me anyone else. Like, you know, these are my open times for a haircut or whatever. Um, and that made a huge difference. I mean, I was around a bunch of other girls that weren't necessarily... It's not that they weren't as good because that's not at all the case. Um, some of them were better than me. Um, but no one else in my class kind of took the initiative to... to market themselves. Yes, yeah. and to start early instead of waiting until you're out of school. So um, I started doing that. And then when, you know, assisting at that salon didn't really work out and I kind of got, you know, um, a bad taste in my mouth about this industry because it's it's really hard. It's a lot of strong It seems like it's a catty women. industry. It can be. It can be. Um, the problem is, is that it's a lot of strong-minded and, um, you know, more like aggressive personality mm-hmm. um, type women because that's just like... It's a doggy yeah, dog It is. Industry. It is. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes it, you know, can bite you in the ass, I mean, truly. Um, so when that kind of fizzled out and didn't really go like I thought it would, because I was, you know, really imagining that this was just going to take me places and, you know, m- we could work together, you know, and I could learn even more from her when I get out and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. When that didn't work out, I was really, um, I didn't know where to go. I was like, uh, where do I go from here? Like, what do I do? Um, and my parents had been really supportive, but they are educators. And so they were kind of, when I decided to leave school, I remember my mom like subconsciously um, calling it, calling cosmetology school nursing school for like the first couple months because she was scared for me, I think. Um, you know, this was uh, something that they weren't prepared for. prepared for or had any knowledge in. And so by the time this happened, um, right close to the end that I was, um, you know, going to graduate, they had kind of like, you know, shifted their thought about it. They saw how hard I was working and, you know, what an effort I was putting in. And they were like, wow, we really think that you should try to open your own thing, open your own space. And I was just like, people don't do that when they, you know, first get out. Like, there's no way I can, you know, do this. People, you know, like you have to work for someone else first. You have to pay your dues. You know, I really had that, like, idea of, like, you know, seniority, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to piss people off who have been in this industry for 20 years if I, you know, do this without, quote unquote, you know, paying my dues and, you know, whatever. And it didn't take much longer of me, you know, like, really realizing that, like, I've set myself apart from my peers in school to realize, like, maybe I could do this, you know, whatever. So... I was supposed to graduate the August 13th, 2016, mm-hmm. the day that, you know, we had this massive flood um, in our communities. Um, and you're from Dunn Springs. I'm so from it Dunn was Springs, the worst. Yes. yes. Um, so I was supposed to graduate that day. They had canceled school the day before. So then it was going to push me a day out. So I wasn't going to be graduating until Tuesday. Well, then obviously, like, the whole town went underwater. So um, it did not happen. It did not happen. And my graduating was the last of my school's worry and concern. Um, there, the, I mean, the school had flooded. The mm-hmm. um, My home had flooded. Honestly, it was the last of my concerns, too. My parents' home had flooded. But also the space in which my salon was going to be flooded. Um, 
And we weren't able to get back to our home for like three days, if that. So thankfully we evacuated and all was fine. But, um, so then we had to rebuild. Yeah, you um, lost a lot. Yes. Uh, my whole home, all of the contents. The only thing that was saved from my home, besides a few clothes that were high enough in the uh, closet, was my salon furniture that I had had custom made um, prior to. It was, you know, made out of actually um, beautiful wood mm-hmm. um, salvaged from New Orleans homes. It's beautiful. <laughs> Come to my salon so you can check it out. Yeah, it is pretty. <laughs> um, but, and like, you know, metal work on the bottom so because it was mostly metal on the bottom like we were able to just clean it up and kind of sand off the rust and um so it survived which is kind of it's kind of metaphorical it is (laughs) right exactly so um not only metaphorical in in a way of you know like it survived and you know i will too and our town survived and you know well, whatever, not like your dream of the salon it is. is what kind of prevailed right and as cheesy as that sounds like that's kind of what happened <laughs> but that is kind of what happened and that that my salon's name is le papillon which is you know a, the butterfly in french which is metaphorical in itself that you know rebirth you, 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 yes rebirth and um you know just emerging as you know something better than it was before um so truly that's essentially what happened you know i had all these plans for what my salon was going to be before the flood and then um, the flood really derailed um, what I had in mind, and it it's better for it. You know, yeah. I'm better for it, and my salon is better for it. Um, and instead of, you know, taking that setback and, you know, letting it stop me, um, it I did the exact opposite with it, um, and I let it push me even further. So I was hoping to have, like, a September open date, um, and I did not even get into the salon building until about November. It had finally been gutted and was like ready for me to redo everything. Start over. Yes. Yeah. So, um, my family and my husband's family, like we, and we weren't even married at the time, but his family, you know, has just been as wonderful as mine has. Um, and my landlord, who is my best friend's parents, um, they all just like rallied together and like we're just gonna get this where it needs to go yes so from november until like i think i opened january 16th like we redid the entire building built things from scratch i like learned how to mud and sand you know sheetrock and like do all of those things that I had never done before. My shampoo bowls, if you come to the salon to see them, <laughs> um, I built, you know, with my father-in-law from scratch. Like, I don't know. So when I just, like, walk in and look at my space, like, it fills me with, like, such joy because I literally made this. Like, mm-hmm. not only did I just, like, rent the space and put my stuff in it, but it was a shell, and I redid all of it and everyone helped me I mean there were times that we'd stay up in there stay up there until midnight or two in the morning you know painting or doing whatever so I opened in January and that was rough I mean I lost clientele after the flood obviously yeah just talked about priorities like exactly are not priority yes people lost their entire you know everything everything sometimes their cars like their houses if they didn't have flood insurance like you're talking an entire town was annihilated and I still had people who cared enough, not just about their hair, but about me. To help you rebuild as well. To help yes. me rebuild as well. And the relationship, relationships that I created in that time, like some of the, I'm still seeing some clients that I've seen, that I started seeing at beauty school. And that stayed with me 
even after the flood, um, even people who were affected by the flood. Um, it really, like, that story of just, like, resilience is kind of crazy, you know, that mm-hmm. my business was able to persevere, like, through all of that. It's kind of crazy and humbling. Um, but, yeah, so that was January of 2017. So this January will be three years um, that I'll be open. Um and it's been a long road. I mean, it, it hasn't always been easy. It hasn't always been, you know, on the up and up. Um, it's, it's I've had some lows. This past summer was a low. Well, I, I say this past summer, but like, it's today's the first day of so fall. Yesterday so was the literally last day of yesterday. Depression. <laughs> yesterday <laughs> was terrible. Literally, today. I was like walking Ringo this morning. I'm like, today is the day my seasonal depression is over. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a thing in my head. But it, no, but it is for it's me too. A and seasonal I, thing. Yeah, I feel like we, you know, obviously this summer we bonded over that. But I think it's that way with a lot of creative industries. Um, you know, not just yours or mine, or even just a lot of like small businesses. Um, maybe maybe it's not the summer time for you. Maybe it's the fall for you or it's the winter for you. Yeah. Um, if you own a restaurant, maybe, you know, it slows down in the winter and, you know, whatever. But um, just the that idea of, like, you know, you're, you're not getting a consistent, like, paycheck every week. Um, you don't have, like, a guaranteed salary. You're really, like, at your clients, like, you know, at their mercy yeah of if they're gonna like no show your appointment or if they're you know and how do you how do you stay positive and how do you stay you know um motivated in that like depression like yeah sure I just gave you a huge spiel about how you know um resilience and like how my you know salon like but that's like an overarching theme that doesn't get down to the day-to-day no like I feel like overall like yeah we're successful life's great we're very healthy we're very right well off compared to lots of people sure but that doesn't make your day-to-day struggles any less valid and I feel like whenever I would come see you and anyone for that matter all summer I was just so cynical me too so like just not me I'm a very positive person and every time I would see you it would just like word vomit of like how much I hate everything I hate photography I hate Baton Rouge I hate my clients I hate Mm -hmm. everything and then the next day I'm like maybe it's fine and now like I'm like okay everything's back to normal because it's fall (laughs) but it's a summer thing for me too and I know we really bonded over that and people don't see that that's kind of a good thing I have this podcast I guess too because on my social media Mm -hmm. I'm like yeah, you have to be positive and happy. Yeah, and, and I'll yeah. mention stuff every now and then. I'm not going to get on social media and be, like, this, like, negative force and ruin someone else's day. I know, day. but then you're kind of, like, holding it in. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. And then I word vomit on you when I see you. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but, I mean, that's kind of what I'm for. Like, your hairstylist is essentially... Um, your therapist. Yeah, therapist. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. That's true. Um, so I get a lot of that. But, to be honest, you know, it's like... And, and even... It's really hard... I feel like I've said this before and I'll say it again. Like the best part of my job is the people and the worst part of my job is the people. Yeah. Like that's a hundred percent true. The, yeah. Like the, the, my clients are the ones that like lift me up. I am so attached to every single head of hair that walks in and out of my salon. I, that is how I, you know, release my creativity. Like that is my work of art. Um, and Sometimes, you know, people come in and they just lift me up and I, you know, it's, it's a quid pro pro quo type thing. Uh Um, you know, we do that for each other and we, we both leave feeling so invigorated and, you know, 
thankful for however long the appointment was. Um, and then sometimes, you know, you have those clients that just really bring you down and or those clients that no call, no show and just straight up, you know, ghost and you just, you. Lo- yeah, and just ghost you and there, you know, you've lost what could have been a guaranteed, you know, a couple hundred dollars or even just 30 bucks. I mean, for a haircut or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you not let that get to get you, to you? and, and this summer? Right. And this summer I had a hard time, you know, it's so easy to, you know, take to social media and be negative or, you know, um, want to be cynical about your clients. And I feel like, um, I actually, you know, I see a lot of stylists specifically, you know, like letting that, like what's an appropriate amount to to talk about with your clients like is anxiety okay to talk about with your clients is depression okay to talk about your clients to talk about with your clients um you know I think yes to all of those things you need to be open because you're a human being with your clients but at the same time like am I gonna bench bitch and complain about how this one client no called no showed or like was 10 minutes late to my next client who's there and then they're thinking like oh shit I was 10 minutes late last time did she talk about about me like this you know to the next client who was after me like I, I don't know. I feel like I'm in a constant struggle between, you know, what I can talk about emotion-wise and what I can't, and am I sharing too much and am I not, and how that affects me on my own, you know, like mm-hmm. mental health level. Um, even when I go home, you know, like there are some certain things that my husband like will just will not understand because he, you know, thinks that I just work this job that's like butterflies and rainbows all the time and like la da 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 I get yeah. to play with people's hair all all day. But I think clients think that too sometimes. We were just talking about, you know, not everyone gets it, you know. When you go to a restaurant, those asshole, you know, patrons who don't understand what it's like to work in the service industry it's the same thing. Like, people don't understand what it's like to be a photographer in that you're emotionally attached to this thing. Um, or a hairstylist when I'm emotionally attached and then they no-call, no-show. And yeah. I have to, like, deal with that emotion and deal with that lack of money and <laughs> deal yeah. with, you know? It's like, I don't know. I feel like I'm in a perpetual struggle of mental health. Um, <laughs> well, I feel like... It's, like, self-care, and then it's, like, Mm -hmm. Mm self-loathing, and then it's, like, you repeat it, and it's, like, more self-care than self-loathing, and it's, like... Yeah. Yeah, I... Like, finding that balance. Yeah, and for me, I mean, I'm very open on all my social media and my podcasts, and Mm -hmm. I don't like to... Like, I'm very transparent. Mm -hmm. You can pretty much ask me anything, Anything. typically, and I'll tell you how I'm feeling or whatever, and it's been a hard year for me, specifically, because I had something happen in January that I'm not able to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Legally. Yes. But it resulted in me having to get a new car, and I didn't have money for it, and then it turned into, like, I had a you know, important lens break, and then I had mm-hmm. to, you know, I had rats in my house. And it affects your livelihood. And then, yes. Yeah, and then I lost health insurance. It's just it's been one thing after another this year. It's been so difficult, and everyone says the year you turn 27, like, she hits the it's fan. the worst, yeah. Like, astrologically, mm-hmm. and so the, I just turned 27, like, a couple weeks ago, and so I would always see you, and it was just so as sad as we both were. <laughs> yeah. It was nice to know someone else, like, I'm not alone. Like, in mm-hmm. my head, it's like, I'm, like, in this cynical bubble, like, mm-hmm. woe is me, the sky is falling, like, mm-hmm. everyone hates me, I suck, this is stupid, mm-hmm. I want to quit. And then I'd find out you felt the same yeah, way. So literally. Like, oh, exactly so maybe the same way. we're both mm-hmm. being overdramatic. Maybe we're not being dramatic enough. I, mean, I yes can't and tell. no. It's, so I like that there's other people who have that struggle, yes. too. 
Um, and it, like, yeah, I every summer I think get it's relevant. So Me too. Emo. And it's honestly because I'm like slower and yeah. I don't have anything as much to do and I'm as much sweaty. new things to do. I'm fat. Oh I'm slow. I'm broke. It's just oh. all the things at once. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Truly. It's... But it really something about fall for me just reinvigorates me. Me too. And, and so much so that it's like not even a tangible thing, but like Mm-mm. all of a sudden I just have more work. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like a manifestation thing where it's like I start feeling better, so I attract more work. Probably. Or if it's truly just like, I mean, for me, you know, it's the in holidays. The fall, there's but more stuff to it do. It might be for you too. I mean, if you really think about it, maybe not so much your commercial work, but you know, your private work. Um, you know, with like families and people and whatever. Yeah. It's like holiday cards and like this, that, and the other. Right. That's going on. Like for me, it's like you know, people start having holiday parties. They want fall hair with that season change. They don't want to be quite as blonde anymore. They want to be you know red or brown or blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. They have to get ready for holiday yeah. parties. It's like an industry and thing for us. And I remember I interviewed the girls of Sosis who own the boutique mm-hmm. a while back and they had mentioned that in the boutique world it's the J months that are slow. That are, yeah, and that January, was so genius because that's like yep. exactly the same as me. January is like that after Christmas crunch like you just spent all your money on yeah, getting no people one gifts. Has any money. Yes, no. Everyone's, everyone's trying broke. to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And they do that and then you know by you know Valentine's Day, really, they're like, forget all of those things. You know, I need yeah. my hair done or I need yeah. But then June and July, mm-hmm. it's like everyone's on vacation. Yep. It's hot. They already have Nobody their cares. summer hair. They already, you know, bought yeah. their swimsuits if it's a boutique or they are, you know, they already yeah. have all their clothes. Yeah. And they're not taking pictures because it's the summer. Yeah. And everyone's so, hot. But yeah, so it's, it's like, thing. I talk, sorry, I talk about that all the time. And I think people think I'm like a broken record. No. But it's like, I've learned to identify like, Next summer, I will be depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's yes. just going to happen. It's going to happen. And I don't, I'm not like clinically, I've not like seen a doctor really about it. But Ooh, I am. If it's like, well, if it's like a <laughs> seasonal thing, then I know I'm just going to use mm-hmm. that word because no. it's a seasonal thing. Yeah. But it truly makes me feel better to know that there are mm-hmm. other creatives going through the same thing the same because mm-hmm. it's not just me. I'm not going crazy. No, <laughs> it's not. And I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's at least beneficial to talk about it in this, you know, creative to creative kind of way. Um, I do try to be pretty open with my clientele, you know, like if I'm not having a good week or not having a, but there are things that I do have to kind of keep under wraps because I don't want to bring them down with me, you know, like if I'm really struggling and this summer I really was struggling like more than last summer, um, which is why I went to the doctor. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like we should talk about this more, you know, like it should be more, open yeah and we should be able to talk about our struggles and you know just that we're human that yeah you're hiring us for a service like yes but we're not you know just like a corporate entity that is a robot and no, everything and like is perfectly said, figured we're out emotionally attached to what we're doing because we're making it from yes. scratch for you yes so you're not just like buying you know yeah like a carbon copy of something that yes. already exists um, it's in, like you're a chef or something. Like you, yes, you made you're putting this your heart them. and soul and so into it. It's yes. emotionally draining. It is to deal with people who maybe aren't in alignment with you, mm-hmm. or not really giving you the best time, yes. or have like unrealistic expectations, or, or just that aren't you, you feel like aren't appreciative. You know, right. like number one, I, I probably have only ever left um, you know the end of my day and cried like two or three times. But this summer, it was <laughs> a hard time. We've already said that. Yeah. But I left work crying, and it was literally just because I felt underappreciated. I felt like, you know, it, this specific in- instance, like, I had just worked, like, five hours on this client, you know, like, not even a thank you. Like, I am a person, 
who just serviced you and and you stood for five hours and I and yes back and, hurts and, and, and I have herniated discs and I yes, have you know same. tendonitis and all these things and I'm emotionally drained and then I don't even get a thank you yeah and it's like ouch like because I'm human and I'm a person and like yes I'm giving you a service but I am physically attached to your hair now and will be forever yeah and it's normal to have an emotional attachment to that but then you know like I shouldn't have gone home and cried about it I mean obviously emotions are fine and um you know being emotional is okay but I but shouldn't have let that get to me as much small right. that like, like ruins your like week yes. yeah and that's how it's yes. for me too it was just like stupid stuff I'd be like not again and then I was cynically thinking about, like, why does all this keep happening to me? Because this year's been so hard. It really has been a string of, like, stupid things that have happened to me in a year that's, like, just, like, some bad luck. And it's just... Mm -hmm. But I spent so long being, like, well, what's happening next? Mm -hmm. Like, well, this is stupid. Like, and then just flipping your mindset is so hard to do. But once you flip it, you're fine. Yeah. But it just takes so long to get to that point again. But I feel like something that will aid you in flipping that is just being honest with yourself about why you're feeling this way you know maybe it is your fault maybe it's not you know and what can I do to fix it you know in that instance you know about you know not feeling um appreciated like what can I do next time to feel differently you know I I had to go home and think about it um I don't know that I've necessarily even come up with the answer yet like yeah um I don't know well what the answer to that is I think one of the first answers is like support system so like the fact that you and I yeah shared this commonality Mm -hmm. we're both now just like well sun's out it's great today like no we both were like I hate everything this is stupid let's rant (laughs) and so I think having someone like that is helpful um because otherwise you're just gonna put all that negative energy out onto every other person who like doesn't care right (laughs) or doesn't want that right and I felt like I was kind of doing that it was like anyone that Mm -hmm. I came into contact with I was like oh what do you want like yeah (laughs) I was just like not being myself so having like one or two people that you could really, like, confide in and be like, this is why my life sucks. Just yes. hear me out. Um, that has been really helpful. And then just also, like, so a couple days ago, or I guess, like, a week ago, I decided that all the things I've been doing mm-hmm. make sense under the umbrella of Do What You Want Club. Yes. Which is not a real club. There are no fees. There's no membership. It's not a real thing. But it's a great club. But it's, like, a mindset thing. Yes. And for me, even just saying that to everyone mm-hmm flipped my mindset to be like okay like this just means that if you want to listen to my podcast you want to take my workshops whatever you are now in this club Mm -hmm. and that means that I can count on you to support me creatively with what I'm going through what you're going through whatever and it was just like such a simple like light bulb that went off my head because I'm already talking to people (laughs) through this podcast or whatever else and like why not open up the conversation to come the other direction right because I was thinking about it so much as a company being like mm-hmm. oh this is my, my t-shirts this is my yeah. workshops I need to make money yeah. my podcast I'll you but know, like why whatever. do people want but that? then I'm mm-hmm. like all these things I have in common are people who are wanting the solutions mm-hmm. and have problems yes and so I was like oh do what you want Claude this will be great so that was not like a plug or anything it was really just kind of like talking about I mean no it was and it should be well but it's in my mind I'm just like this isn't good it flipped the mindset for me to know like mm-hmm. this is no longer like clients and just people and yes. like fans or no followers it's more than that it's a support system of people yes. who are going through the same thing hopefully yes. and no so, I think it's gonna be like yeah I'm already so excited about I don't like, know the what Facebook I'm doing. group that's and the thing. I'm not like doing anything yeah, different. I just was named so it. so exciting, like you know, commenting on the status of like introduce yourself, like. But that was so simple to see people like we're talking to actually, each other. And I was yes, like, what? Actually, Why responding didn't I do this sooner. Because so. like when I think about you know like other Facebook groups that I'm in, it's almost like 
I don't know, like, oh, this is embarrassing or, oh, I don't want to comment on that because it, you know, makes me uncomfortable or Mm -hmm. I don't want to put myself out there. But specifically, like, I'm excited to see where the, you know, do what you want club goes, like that Facebook group goes and that Instagram goes because I don't, everyone just seems so like on the same page. uh, That's fair. I don't want it to be like Jordan's happy all the time. Right follow her work because it's sunny and beautiful right. and whatever. <laughs> no, I want it to be like just like an open and, conversation yes. about the things we're talking about. Yeah, and, and a place to put it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know everything either, so I'm just trying no. to find out from y'all. Like, <laughs> Well, word. I think things. that's like probably the most important attitude to have, you know, as a creative, um, but also as a small business owner and entrepreneur, like you do not know everything. And you cannot know everything. And so if you surround yourself with people that do other things, that you have similar, you know, like, um, understandings of what each other does, um, but you, you know, you're, you're all so different. You can learn from everybody. Well, you compliment each other. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know everything about hair. I don't know, and I don't know everything about this business. I'm freaking 25 years old. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know everything and I don't think I know everything and I am not you know, the, I'm not done here. Yeah. And I know I'm not. And I think, you know, being in a group like, like that and, you know, being in this club, um, it's going to be really cool to see, you know, and be influenced by other people. Well, I hope so. Because now next time I'm feeling emo, I don't need to get on Instagram and be like, I'm emo. Yeah. I'm just get in this group and be like, Hey guys, I, I'm, I'm having a really bad day. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah, love that. Yeah. So I, like you said, I, I like that we have the power to be transparent mm-hmm. because of social media mm-hmm. and podcasts and whatever else and your clients. But at the same time, like I want to remain professional and mm-hmm. well-balanced. So yeah. people don't and think I'm going line. crazy. Like they still yes. want to hire me. They want to be relatable. <sighs> they want me to be relatable, but they don't want yes. me to be like <laughs> so relatable that they're like, Oh, I can't hire this girl. Cause, Cause she's, she's losing her so, mind. Yes. yes. And so it's hard to walk that line and like share yourself, but mm-hmm. also like remain like, level-headed yeah like, like shit palatable you know yes, yes. Yeah. yeah so I can yes. understand how you struggle with that with like your clients because like you, I do I mean you're essentially doing a podcast episode with every, every single, person single that comes client in mm-hmm. because and every single client is going through something different and it's like you know I don't know it, it's a lot it is yeah but well both of our positions are um creative fields mm-hmm. require really getting connected to people yes in one way or another yes like I, if I'm photographing you for an hour, like, I'm mm-hmm. going to get to know you. Yes. Whether or and not you, you have think, to. Whether like, or not you think we're getting to know each other, like, I'm getting to know you. Right. Um, and, I mean, obviously, if you're getting your hair done for an hour, there's nothing else to do but talk. Oh, so. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, you say that. I do have some clients who like to be quiet, but I think that's, well, you know, when, like. Sometimes I don't want to talk too much. Yeah. But you don't seem to push it. That's something, though, though that, like, you know, I have to be, and not only do I have to be good at sales, do I have to be good, you know, and have great dexterity to be able to work with my hands and, you know, do the things that I need to do. But, um, I also have to be just a person reader. Like, like I, self-aware. Yes. Yeah. Like I have to be able to see what my client needs for me today and, you know, give that to them. And sometimes again, that's draining on me. Um, because I'm not necessarily getting what I want or what I need out of that, you know, moment or interaction yeah. because I'm giving them what they need. Um, which is okay, and that's part of my job. But yeah. sometimes well, it can be draining, experience. and exactly. Um, and so sometimes I leave and don't, you know, feel awesome. And sometimes I do, and you know, whatever. It's just a constant back and forth and a struggle. And hello, other, you know, creators, like you're not alone. Yeah, we feel like this too. Yeah, 
Well, that otherwise I wouldn't have forty five podcast episodes. Right. Seriously, <laughs> right? Honestly, because everyone has something to talk about, mm-hmm. um, struggles or successes or whatever. Um, well, I want to give you, you know, some time to really plug, like what you're doing. So, what do you specialize in? What can people come get from you? So right now, I feel like. Um, what I'm doing the most of is like blonding appointments, um, whether that be, you know, balayage, um, you know, your basic highlights. Um, a lot of times you mix those two, um, techniques together and, um, yeah. So blonding appointments, that's really, I'm doing so much of that, which is kind of one of my favorite things to do. Um, another thing that I'm really working hard on right now, um, is extensions. Um, there's, kind of this, I wouldn't even call it new, but um, a method that's really big right now um, called hand-tied extensions. And I'm really, you know, working to hone in on that application method and get it right and uh, whatever. So I've got some new clients coming in for that. um, And I'm really excited about it. So that's something that I love to do. I've loved extensions since before I even like, you know, I did my own extensions in college. Like that was not good. I don't but even know also, how or yeah. what that means. But, um, so that's something that I love to do. I do a lot of weddings, um, and work a lot of those. That's something really fun. I don't do them every weekend. I physically can't. My body says yes. no, but, um, that is something that I really enjoy doing. Um, is, you know, just being a part of someone's big day and, uh, getting to work with them and like, you know, experience the whole day with them too. It's being a part of someone's like memory forever. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of like working on my business. I've got a lot of goals, um, you know, for what I want to do next year. My husband and I are thinking about moving to New Orleans next year, which is exciting. But, you know, how does that work with my business being in Denham Springs and, um, you know, that kind of thing. So trying to figure out the logistics of that, um, you know, like what days I'm going to come back to the salon. I'm going to condense my hours to a certain number of days versus, you know, being open five days a week. Um, and driving back and forth. Exactly. I can't do that five days a week. So condensing that and then, you know, what am I going to fill my other days with and what am I going to work on? Like I have, you know, a list of goals that I want to start working on. I want to get better at my social media and, you know, work on the anxiety that that brings me. Um, you know, if I'm able to actually sit down and create some things and work on some things so that I don't have that anxiety, um, you know, with my business, uh, Instagram account and, that kind of thing. Um, so those are some goals that I have next year. I mean, obviously like big goals, you know, I love what I do and I love the space that I'm in, but I want to be somewhere bigger. I want something bigger than what I have now. Um, and I'm like perfectly okay with admitting that, like, you know, I, everyone has to start somewhere and I started here and I'm so thankful and I'm going to work here until I figure out my next move. And my next move hopefully is a space in New Orleans that, you know, is just as inviting and, um, uh, you know, a, a rebirth too. Essentially, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be a it'll be a move and it'll be you know something new, in a different way um, than what I have now. So, yeah, I'm just kind of excited to see where it goes. Honestly, I'm just open to kind of wherever life takes me. Um, I've got some long term goals and I've got some short term goals, and however, whatever I have to do to reach those, I'm down to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not like limiting myself to anything. And that's kind of freeing. It's kind of nice. Yeah. I don't know. To end this summer on like, to end such a bad summer on such a high note um, where I'm motivated and I'm excited and, you know, just like happy 
doing whatever it is that I'm about to do next. I'm happy with it. Some would say that you are doing what you want. Oh my God. Wow. What a plug. I'm doing exactly what I want. I mean, wow. someone should make shirts that says that. <sighs> I, I think I, I think know someone. I, I think I know someone. Hmm. I think I, I have a hat in my car. Yeah. I'm, I'm, maybe I need to look and see where I got that from. Yeah. Hmm. Well, where can everyone come? Well, first of all, where can everyone find you physically? Okay. Like in this, in the salon and online. Yes. Okay. So, um, online, my website is tonyterry.com. T-O-N-I-T-E-R-R-Y.com. That's a cool little place. You'll find a lot of Jordan's photography on there. Um, and you know who I am, what I'm about, um, what I offer, some photos of my work, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, I also have an Instagram for my business page. It's Tony K. Terry, um, T-O-N-I-K-A-Y-T-E-R-R-Y on Instagram. Um, that one, you know, that's probably what I struggle with the most is um, the anxiety of, like, updating that and making sure it's, like, you know, making sure it's the right aesthetic and, like, what I want. Trying to figure out my brand, which is what I'm always working on. Yeah. Uh, plug do-what-you-want workshops that are helping me do that. Um <laughs> And then I also have a personal account, uh, which is where you'll find most of Jordan's photography between she and I, uh, which is Tony the Tigress. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, there's that. Um, I'm going to link all this, by the way. Yeah, so people below. Are, yeah. yeah. Um, come at me, bro. But, um, and my salon is in Denim. That sounds a little, like, out of the way for some people um, in Baton bad, Rouge. Though. But it's not. It's, like, two seconds off the interstate. I have people come from all over. <laughs> right by Jimbo's Corn. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, you'll know what you're ta- what we're talking about if you come. Jimbo's Corn. Yeah. Uh, shout out. Um, yeah, my address is 922 Centerville Street um, in Denham. Um, I'm by appointment only, so reach out to me. My number is 225-369-1703. Uh, I don't like DMs on Instagram text me me neither um if you dm DM me on instagram i likely will not respond very quickly my number is in my bio uh you know like if you want to just make an appointment and like hang out with me um or if you want something that's super professional i can provide that too i am whatever you need me to be and i'm just gonna throw it out there that tony has made me blonde made me dark brown hair and then made me blonde again (laughs) so i didn't know how difficult that would be to do until we did it and she did it so yeah we did I it trust her we did it head. well yes yes well thanks so much for finally coming on the show and of getting course. you know vulnerable and and you know yeah motivational okay. yes well i hope it i hope it was good i hope our conversation was good enough for everyone to listen to i think so and sorry about ringo being loud he's finally asleep he's sleeping now, now. but mm-hmm. you know he was crinkling and crackling <laughs> but uh thanks so much tony thank you Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to Do What You Want Radio. As always, you can find all the tools and links that are referenced in this week's episode at dowhatyouwantradio.com in the show notes. If listening to this podcast has brought you any value at all, please take a moment to go subscribe, rate, and review Do What You Want Radio so that I can continue to reach creatives just like you and me. Doing this podcast is a lot of fun, but it takes a lot of work as well, and I do it all by myself. So I really appreciate those of you who keep listening week after week. You've already dedicated a lot of your time to listening to my voice, talking too fast probably, but if you're not tired of me yet, you can keep up with me, my photography work, and the creative services, products, and workshops I offer at jordanheffler.com and at jordanheffler on Instagram. If you want to be hardcore informed, subscribe to my weekly newsletter to get a free branding worksheet, as well as weekly tips and promotional offers for my digital products and merchandise like Lightroom presets, Instagram overlays, t-shirts, hats, and everything else you didn't know you needed. 
You can sign up at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Thanks again for tuning in to Do What You Want Radio. I just want to let you know that you're probably doing a great job and you probably deserve a beer. So go get one. See you next week.